1: Red people, welcome to our show. Medium people, anyone welcome, welcome, because today we are going to discuss more about digital marketing tips for small businesses. I know that I have a lot of people who listen, such tips who need them, and I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Debbie Miller. How are you? I'm doing
0: well, thanks. about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Looking forward to learn more about that. I'm owner of a small business, so I need these tips as well. So guys, it's not only for you, it's for me as well. And Debbie, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background and Anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you?
0: Sure. Yeah. I have been doing digital marketing for about 15 years now. I got my start right out of college through an internship at a local destination marketing organization. So I was working for a brand at the time for several years. And then I transitioned to a digital marketing agency for about six years. And I had started my own business, Social Hospitality, as a blog on the side while I was at my last company. So I was working primarily with hospitality brands. And at the time, this was 10 or so years ago, there wasn't a really good resource for social media for the hospitality industry specifically. So that was kind of the inspiration behind the blog. And then the blog kind of evolved into a side business as well, while I was at my last company. And now I've been running social hospitality as a full-time business for about seven years. So we work with a variety of different businesses, both in and out of the hospitality space and help them with things like social media, content marketing, email marketing, blogging, SEO, all those kind of things that all all tie the digital marketing landscape together on on the content marketing side of things.
1: Nice. Nice. Love it. Love your experience. Debbie, I have the first question about uh, creating the right strategy. What I usually see when business owners uh, copy, competitors replicate their strategies. For example, I often get the question, please steal me traffic and sales from this competitor, specific competitor. But... It's not a good idea because everyone has their unique selling proposition. Everyone has their strong sides. And uh, for example, if competitors are good with YouTube, it doesn't mean that we need to film videos to get the same sales because um, I, I have no idea how to compete with Mr. Beast, you know, because I'm not good with filming. My strong side is quite different. Can you tell how to find the right strategy considering unique selling proposition and strong sides of a specific business?
0: Yeah, so definitely these strategies can vary based on the business's specific goals and industries and things like that. So um, just keep that in mind as we go through these. But I think the first step a small business should take would be to identify your target audience. So that means looking at your demographics, their interests, age, locations, all of those different kind of things. You know, look in- income level, lifestyle all of those things can really inform who your customer is. And once you know who your customers already are or your ideal kind of target audience, you can craft messaging and marketing strategies that are tailored toward that specific demographic. And that way you're not just putting content out that is tailored toward everyone because you might be spending a lot of time turning your wheels and targeting people that are never gonna you know, buy your product or use your service. So making sure that you know exactly who you're targeting is a great starting point for, for figuring out how to develop your strategy. Um, from there, you can develop a buyer persona which would be kind of a detailed profile of your ideal customer based on that research that you've done figuring out their those demographics and, and that kind of stuff um, you can also do market research which would be which would involve looking into your competitors but you also want to look at you know the industry trends market trends a variety of different strategies you want to identify customer pain points and you want to explore to your point about competitors explore those opportunities for differentiation from your competitors because you can certainly get some inspiration from them, but you don't want to literally copy what they're doing. Um, and again, you, to your point, you don't know if they're, if they're good or bad, those <laughs> strategies. So, um, but definitely you can look at what they're doing just for for knowledge and inspiration of what's going on in the industry. That part of it
1: is important. Um, yeah. Definitely. yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, I think, oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's better to learn competitors to understand uh, what they usually do, but it's better to consider your strong sites. And uh, for example, Amazon, Jeff Bezos uh, mentioned many times that many businesses are obsessed because of competition, but Amazon uh, is obsessed because of uh, customers to help them, support them. And uh, my second question, uh, you mentioned a few times about social media. Uh, And uh, uh, it's a big struggle to sell on social media, especially uh, in content marketing, when we need to create these marketing messages uh, to help our customers in their buyer journey. Can you tell how to do it? How to submit this call to action? I mean, like, because if you submit directly, social media can disengage your content uh, and, yeah, engagement rate is low. But any tips about that? How to help support with content marketing, but to sell products in the end?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So definitely you want to differentiate, like I said, differentiate yourself from your competitors. Do that market research, find out where your audience is, where they hang out online. So for example, I get a lot of clients that are like, should we be on TikTok, for example? And if you're a luxury brand, TikTok might not be where your audience is hanging out, for example. It's where, you know, Gen Z is hanging out. Certainly there's a lot of stuff that goes viral on TikTok, but it might not be a one-size-fits-all thing depending on your brand. So looking at your brand, where your audience hangs out online, look at where your competitor hangs out online, and make sure you're part of those conversations. So finding the right platforms, I think, would be the first step there. And then making sure you're standing out from the crowd. So that means having a variety of personal content as well as kind of that more salesy content. You just don't want to be selling all the time. People are going to get real turned off by that. So making sure that you have a good variety, that you're telling a story, that you're creating an experiential dynamic with your audience. They're creating relationships with your audience that'll help you know build that brand loyalty, um, speaking to your customers directly, engaging with them, responding to comments when they're talking to you. It's always interesting. I used to joke how a lot of brands use social media without being social. So make sure you're being social, you're engaging with other companies, you're engaging with your audience. And Um, kind of, this is what's so different about social media compared to more traditional marketing and advertising techniques before was that this gives us a two-way conversation that hadn't really been uh, available in the same way before. So I think taking advantage of that can be incredibly useful.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me share a short story about uh, Lloyd Richards. Uh, He published a book 11 years ago, but he spent 14 years to write a single book. 14 years, a lot of working now to write a single book. I I can't imagine about that. But uh, then he used some marketing sales channels, but got random sales, nothing special. Um, Then his daughter uh, posted content on TikTok uh, about this book about the offer. And uh, this, yeah, and this video became viral plus 50 million people, including me watching this video <laughs> you know of course I watch this video because I want to know how to get 50 million views you know and what I found to this video it's not nice looking design but it's authentic story short story by the way it's less than a minute about the author who spent 14 years to write a single book and it provokes curiosity you No, know, it's so creative to create video that stand out from the rest and this uh, single video beats a lot of marketing and sales channels i want to ask you about creativity because uh, today i think it's not good time trying to understand how algorithms work but if you can win attention um, i mean like because social media works simple if uh, first people who got your content engaged with your content then social media can share more 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 because the main goal of any social media to retain audience as much as possible. So uh, more people spend on social media, more social media can earn money. So can you tell how to be creative? I mean, like to win attention today because we have a lot of marketing messages. We have uh, huge competition at any niche, and engagement rate like three five percent not good. Even if you have followers, any tips about that?
0: Yeah, definitely. So. Uh... I want to share an example of a campaign that i helped work on that kind of hit all these different points so it was for a hotel and their their general manager is, is from britain so he wanted to do they did they did the kind of stem from that but it was a queen for a day mother's day brunch so the mother's day brunch was a regular event that they did at the hotel every year and they decided to put together an integrated marketing campaign so this hit a bunch of different aspects of, of the business but they put together this brunch and they wanted to do what we did a giveaway for it on social media um so it included the brunch, it included a spa treatment for mom, and then mother, the runners up of the contest received a coupon for the restaurant itself that is on site at the hotel. And we were able to run this campaign across various social media channels as well as email marketing, press releases. we promoted run it on the website. Uh, we partnered with local bloggers and influencers to promote it as well. And at the end of the campaign, um, guests spent about 20% more time on the hotel's website, dining pages during that period, and the restaurant doubled their revenue that month. And then the website on the digital side, the website also saw a 200% plus increase in traffic and then uh, over 170% increase in Facebook referrals and a bunch of uh, really good numbers across the board. So I think finding those more integrated campaigns is a great idea, kind of doing something that's not just on social, but that's integrated to the overall brand itself. That's a good way to be a little bit more distinct um, versus just doing another social media giveaway because those are kind of all over the place. Um, That said, if you do have a specific initiative that you're trying to do, like reach a certain milestone in terms of followers, for example, I see a lot of brands do that, they're they're almost to 10,000 followers, they'll do some sort of campaign to stimulate engagement so that when they hit $10,000, they'll give something away. Certainly that can work well, but that kind of thing catches a lot of, they call them kind of giveaway seekers. There's people who just like to enter giveaways but aren't actually ever going to be a patron of that brand. So again, tying back to that first question of, of making sure you know your target audience, making sure all of that ties in, that you're promoting that you're running these enge- engagement campaigns to get more engagement and up your numbers, but also making sure that it's not just frivolous and you're not just upping the numbers for, for or by people who aren't going to actually ever convert. So it's kind mm-hmm. of that middle ground there.
1: Nice, nice. You mentioned this word, press releases. You know, I I, I love this word because we use press release uh, for our link building strategy, for creating brand awareness, many things. And uh, I spoke with, a few publishers and they told me that uh, after launching chat gpt they got a lot more uh press releases than usual like a few times and most of them generic not good and they even uh stopped to accept press releases because they need to find a way <laughs> how to handle you know because when you have a lot of generic press releases it takes time to find uh, valuable information and yeah if you go to chat gpt you can ask please write press release you can get it for a few seconds but uh, we use this strategy today still use and in uh, uh, we use chat gpt but we usually write uh, press releases then edit on chat gpt we ask please edit uh, and we, uh, we got mention uh, on cnn Uh, many other great websites uh, because uh, of uh, writing themselves. ChatGPT can't decide all problems. Uh, It's not golden button, but if you fit with the right data, yeah, you can get results. Can you tell your method how to write press release that journalists want to publish that can relate to their audience and will provide results in the end?
0: Yeah, so I don't personally do press releases as much. I partner with PR uh, folks. Oh, okay. I do. Um, but I can speak a little bit to that. I, I've seen a variety of press releases and kind of know what usually what they usually entail. So the, the beginning usually starts with with introducing whatever they're promoting. So diving into that, um, usually there's a quote from any relevant parties in there. You want to talk about the differentiating factors of the campaign, why it's important, why people should come or, you know, whatever the case may be. And then at the end, there's usually a boilerplate about the business or the businesses involved. Um. So it's kind of the high level, the high level approach. But definitely, press releases can integrate into the overall marketing strategy with those other digital components that that you're working on. And and obviously, disseminating the information as widely as possible will help help take mm-hmm. any, any campaign to higher levels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. Uh, if we are talking about hospitality, you know, I usually uh, remind myself about big businesses, for example, Booking. Uh, Expedia, many other big websites uh, that you need to compete with them, including Yelp. I mean, like, catalogs that can provide uh, the information about many businesses. Can you tell how compete with them? How to stand out from the rest? If you are talking about small business, we have small budget compared to I don't know, Expedia, I can't imagine what kind of budget they have, but probably big budget. Uh, They have authority. And I see this issue everywhere for example if i remember when i promoted website in the weight loss uh, supplement niche and we compete with brands that uh, cost a billion dollars you know big brands it's hard that was hard but we found the way how to outsmart them i mean like uh, uh, we didn't compete we find the way uh, how to create something better i mean in different direction that big brands ignore can you tell your methods how to stand out from the rest when you have big competitors in hospitality niche
0: yeah yeah it's definitely hard to do so a couple of different things you can do one is to optimize your website for seo so search engine optimization um, making sure that your website is coming up ranking highly in searches so that when people search for certain terms for example if you're a hotel in los angeles when someone searches for a for hotel in LA or similar terms, you want your website to come up as high as possible. So that means uh, replenishing it with regular content that contains the relevant keywords. That can be blog posts, that can be each individual you know page of the website of the different components. Um, making sure that your social media presence is up to date and current. That it also will help, that also will help with SEO and kind of tie everything back in. Um, you can also do you know pay per click advertising, different things like that. Email marketing is a great way to both keep in touch with your current customers and get new customers. Kind of once you build that loyal audience, you can, you know, nurture those audiences through kind of those direct touch points so that they don't have to go searching and potentially find another hotel through Expedia or whatever the case may be. Um, different, different things like that can really help create that that more personalized relationship uh, for hotels specifically create offers that incentivize people to book directly on the website versus using an Expedia so for example a lot of hotels will do book direct and save offers that they can promote to encourage people to book through the website itself versus for, through an OTA or a third party and for those kinds of offers there are different things you can do that Uh, that don't require spending more money. So for example, if if your property already offers free parking, free breakfast, you know, whatever, incorporate all of those things into the offer because it sounds like it's including a lot. It sounds like, oh, if you book direct, you get free parking, free breakfast, you know, 10% off your room. And that might be things that are included anyway, but it just makes it sound like a better, you know, better deal that someone might feel more inclined to pursue on the website versus going to a third party. So finding ways to get people to your website, to keep them there, providing valuable information. That's where I think a blog is is a great tool to keep people on your website, to be able to research information on the area that they're coming to visit. um, Stuff like that. User generated content is also a great way nowadays to, to get more exposure for your brand and and create kind of a more personalized story, working with influencers and having folks, you know, real people with real followings uh, promote the brands as well is a great way to get kind of a more personalized
1: touch nice yeah valuable uh can you tell how to encourage uh a loyal audience to create this user-generated content you <laughs> know because uh they need to get some benefits of creating this content or uh, anything else so any tips about that
0: yeah, so a lot of micro influencers, which are kind of smaller ones, not not the big ones. Any big celebrity is obviously going to want to get paid a large amount of money, but smaller micro influencers, and in the travel space, there are a lot of these. They they just want some sort of trade that is fair. So I've worked with some several clients on on helping facilitate influencer relationships, and it can usually be depending on this, you know the the size of the influencer, how many followers they have, how many visits they get to their website and different factors like that. We'll create a, a package almost where they offer us a certain amount of coverage and we offer them a certain amount of, of freebies basically. So they can come stay at the hotel for X amount of nights. And then from them, we'll get, you know, a handful of uh, in, in feed posts on their Instagram. We'll get a handful of stories from them. We'll get photos to add to our photo library. That they've taken but we'll tag them in every photo um we'll get you know a blog post on their blog and things like that so we'll kind of work out a trade that is outlined what we're getting from them what they're getting from us and um for for hotels that have empty rooms over those dates anyway it's not a huge you know it's not a huge amount of money to put out um and then similarly for those influencers, they're getting a free stay to to promote on to post on social media, which they probably would have been doing anyway. So for for some smaller hotels, that's been a great a great
1: partnership opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, you mentioned about SEO. You mentioned about social media, and yeah, we have different social media platforms: uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. By the way, you know, I removed my TikTok because this social media learned my mind. I don't know how, but uh, TikTok knows what kind of content I like. Mm -hmm. And I usually can't stop watching this content. (laughs) So I take my uh, iPhone to the restroom spend time there then when i get back i can't stop it I, I can watch like two three hours of this content you know because it's amazing you know i, I love this user generated content it's great and uh, i decided to remove this social media for a while you'll see uh, and uh, yeah uh, i i don't have the same experience on linkedin facebook instagram only tiktok knows how to provide real valuable content i mean like content that i like and uh, I, uh, I want to know about repurposing content. You know, uh, for example, I see when marketers tell you need to repurpose content because it's uh, much simpler to create uh, mm-hmm. to repurpose content than create new content for all social media. But uh, what I usually see when uh, companies do it for the sake of adding this content everywhere. For example, I try to uh, grow uh, my social media channel on LinkedIn, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, YouTube. Then I stopped and paid all my attention to LinkedIn. Uh, Even I stopped repurposing content because I got it. If I don't engage with the audience, it's hard to get results for any social media. That's why uh, I uh, paid all my strengths to LinkedIn to to grow my audience, can you tell how to repurpose content smartly i mean like how to get results because if you don't engage with others it doesn't work if you just uh submit the same content probably it's better to slightly change you know to consider uh, some uh, specific social media any tips about that
0: yeah so there's a couple different angles here that i think we can touch upon one is the repurposing of content across social media channels specifically. So you kind of touched upon that where you want to make sure to vary the content a little bit based on which channel you're posting on. So for example, with hotel, a hotel client, at least as an example for LinkedIn, they want to get let one of my hotels wants to get what they call legislative business. So that's people coming into town. They're, they're in a capital, they're located in the state capital. So they get a lot of people coming into town for legislative sessions and stuff like that. And they want to target those people specifically. So we do more on LinkedIn to target those people that we Frame differently than we do on the other channels. Um, And obviously those folks are probably more so on LinkedIn than they are on Facebook, right? So that, and they're making business decisions on LinkedIn more so than Facebook. So we're targeting them differently there, but we still can mention on Facebook that we have offers for those people. For example, you know, if you're coming in for the legislative session, excuse me, you know, you can stay with us for this discount or whatever the case may be. Um, And then another side of repurposing content would be repurposing any and all of your marketing content for social media. So for example, one thing you can do now is take a blog post that you've written. Say you've written a blog post about five, five tips for small businesses. I'll just use my uh, a blog post I might have on my own website. I can take that blog post and perhaps create an Instagram reel with it. Or create, you know, a blog post and kind of, I'm sorry, and create a, a LinkedIn post and kind of give the high level overview, but then link to the post itself on my website. So there's different ways to repurpose content that you have on your website onto social. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there, both in terms of creating posts, creating social media posts to promote your website and your website content, as well as now getting more creative and creating, you know, TikToks or Instagram reels to to disseminate that information in a way that's more visual and more fun and, and not just another blog post and not just another, you know, listicle in a in a yeah. post. You know, so I think you can get creative with kind of that cross marketing of both your website, um, and your
1: social media efforts. Nice, yeah, love it, awesome, awesome. Debbie, I wanna ask about your communication skills. Um, I opened your LinkedIn account because I love opening LinkedIn accounts (laughs) and I see that uh, you uh, have 15 years of experience, impressive, and uh, uh, experience marketing communications. Can you tell more about that? How communications can help you uh, in marketing, uh, and how others can use the same efforts to increase results with marketing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I kind of fell into marketing on accident. Like I much I got through an internship internship program in college. I was actually, no. an, I was actually an English major. So I was, I was always enjoyed writing. I've always loved storytelling and those kinds of things, and it, that translates perfectly to marketing. Marketing was kind of a happy accident, but. The ability to write well and convey messages and tell stories and create that experiential content for brands is really exciting and really you know creatively st- you know stimulating. So I, I really loved it. And I think being able to tell stories and being able to write well and convey your brand you know mission, uh, goals you know going back even internally your your marketing strategy, being able to outline all that and articulate it in a way that the team all can understand and comprehend is is critical to success. And then similarly disseminating it and you know putting your message online through social media, through your blog posts, through your website, et cetera, is also important. So um, that's kind of why with with my agency, we focus on the communications aspects of marketing. There are a lot more technical components of marketing and a lot more you know, traditional marketing. There's a variety of different uh, legs of marketing that we don't focus on, that we partner with other agencies that are experts in those fields to focus on. But I think for us, the, the, the content, the communication side of things is where um, my background and my passion definitely lie and in, in what we've been able to kind of build the brand from. So I think being able to, to integrate the communications side of, of marketing into any marketing strategy is, is pivotal to success.
1: Nice. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> you mentioned about your agency. I want to know more, you know, because in marketing, it's important uh, to have your uh, strong side, unique selling proposition. For example, I compare my skills with my name specialists who speak on my podcast neil patel rand fishkin lily ray many great specialists jeff Coyle, and i found that many of them can beat me in one side you know <laughs> for example lily ray can beat me about eeat jeff Coyle knows how to create advanced strategy so yeah i think everyone has their strong side can you tell What kind of strong side you have, your agency uh, has, and uh, uh, how you can beat your competitors uh, in one side? Because we have a million agencies, freelancers. So your strong side.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So uh, one thing is that we're a small agency. We're not a big agency. So we're able to provide more... Personalized support. That's feedback that I get a lot from clients that come to me from larger agencies with larger agencies. Usually, usually the client will get assigned an account manager. For example, they have to send any updates or change requests or anything like that to the account manager. The account manager then has to pass it off to the appropriate team member. And there can be a lot of bottleneck. You know, there can be that can take a while. It's a lot of communication it can take a long time for things to get done. And there's a lot of turnover. So a lot of times the account managers will change, or there's a lot of kind of not dysfunction, but there's a lot of um, rockiness in the dynamic that with an agency like ours, I have my hands in every client relationship. I'm the one doing a lot of the work. I have a team as well that does, that does, um, has different clients they're assigned to and helps with. But in general, they can send me an update and I can usually do it in 24 hours, for example, or 48 hours, depending on what it is, um, they're going to get an immediate response from me. They're going to get you know, a more personalized relationship. And I'm able to more easily integrate into the marketing team and create these long-term relationships with the clients that is a little bit different from what they get from a larger agency. Um, And that's feedback that I've gotten quite a bit as well. Another thing I think that differentiates us is that the, the communications angle that I talked about before is one factor. Another is that we're able to customize each, uh, I'll call it package or um, scope of work to each client, depending on what they need. So for example, we have some clients that just want social media services. We have some clients that want just email marketing services. We have some clients that just want social media advertising. And then we have some clients that want a combination of those and other stuff. There's some clients we manage their websites, do their emails, their blog posts, and their social. So it's a variety of different things, depending on what each client needs. And we're able, again, since we're smaller and more um, more agile in that way, we're able to customize what the client needs and able to perform updates in a more efficient manner than larger agencies have been able to. Um, so I think those would be the primary differentiators.
1: Nice. Yeah, guys, I'll submit the link to the agency, uh, mm-hmm. social hospitality in the description. So you you see a strong side, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. why you need to cooperate. And, um, I want to ask about content creation. Um, It doesn't matter what you do. We need to create content, email, social media, uh, blog content. We need to create content, but today it's not like many years ago, even, you know, it's interesting that today, uh, I think it's harder, a lot harder than 10 years ago, because um, I remember I had a team of writers who wrote about anything. I gave them topics, Uh, finance uh cars anything just and they wrote content google ranked well social media uh provided uh engagement uh, but things change a lot since this time uh i fired this team uh yeah google helped me to fire this team you know because today it's more important to be creative to know the topic if you don't know the topic it's hard Can you tell, uh, and um, of course, we have today AI, you can ask anything, but you can get generic answer, nothing special. I'm not sure it it can help. Uh, AI is a great tool, but if you use it in the right way. uh, Can you tell how to create content today? I mean, like, for example, if you want to stand out from the rest, you need to create something new to be creative, creative. to provide simple message, storytelling, but considering that we have AI. So uh, Mm -hmm. how you use AI, but create something new?
0: Yeah, that's a a really loaded question. Okay, so I think a couple of things I was thinking when you were, as you were asking the question. Um, One is that I think creating, or I think looking forward, especially and currently and looking forward, personalization is becoming more prevalent in marketing, Mm -hmm. creating personalized experiences for your customers, for your guests, for people online, um, so that might be with your email strategy, sending people a birthday message, for example. But creating personalized experiences is, is is becoming more common, and AI can definitely help with that. And if you think of brands like Netflix, where after you watch a show, they they you know, propose other shows that you might like based yeah. on your project, or Amazon. You know, you just bought this product. You might also like this product. That's an example of, of AI based personalization. TikTok
1: knows, I know exactly.
0: Oh, to your point earlier about TikTok, show <laughs> you what you want to see. Yeah. So yeah. I think AI is definitely um, moving more in that direction of being able to help brands, you know, create personalized campaigns and um, also with chatbots have been around for a while, but that's another example of how AI related um, you know, generative generative AI is able to assist with things like support requests on websites. You know, now when you go to a website, you see the little chat thing in the corner, and you can chat with a bot for a bit before you get to a person. But they're able to relatively well, you know, respond to you and stuff like that. Um, I think AI will assist more with with marketing materials, with designing products, with with a variety of different things. So we're heading that direction. Um, I don't know yet exactly what it's going to look like, or you know, <laughs> where it's going to go or end, or um, but I think. Um, using AI and, and data, like going back to that core, um, the core note about developing your target audience and all that kind of stuff. Using data and AI, you can create more personalized experiences and create more personalized content, and um, know what kind of things your your customers are doing, and um, being able to create content and you know stories. And uh, we've also been talking about content in terms of. Uh, words but also content can also be visual so create like the instagram reels canva now you can create amazing social media graphics um and i think ai also you can create graphics now uh, as well so finding ways to use ai to streamline processes and become more efficient but also making sure that you're hitting those touch points of of you know hitting your customers in the right ways with the right personalized experiences
1: yeah yeah i agree Uh, that was simple to ignore ai hard today impossible tomorrow and i spoke right. with jeff Coyle. yeah, yeah. Uh, Je- jeff Coyle, co-founder of market news told me that in the future we'll have three companies the first company will develop ai the second company will implement ai and the third company will be obsolete mm. <laughs> who can leave the trade so yeah it's important to do it i i used ai before chat gpt today i use a lot more because yeah it's an amazing tool And yeah, Yeah. we got great results with AI, but we don't create content from scratch. Uh, If you feed AI with the right data, just uh, collect data, give to AI. If you are terrible writer, then you you can hire ChatGPT, you know, (laughs) to feed this content. And uh, yeah, I know that many great writers uh, disagree that. AI will replace them, but I think uh, AI will not replace them, but AI will change them how they will write and create content because I disagree with them. They will write uh, themselves uh, because I think uh, it's the same like, you know, when farmers got the first tractor. After that, they stop digging, you know, uh, manually. (laughs) They they don't use a shovel. And I think a pen is... Is the same you know man uh, uh, will be obsolete because uh, yeah, and typing will be obsolete because uh, but we still need uh, prompt experts who mm-hmm. can ask the right questions we still yeah. need someone who can edit this content so yep, exactly. uh, writers will yeah find their way on, on this direction so yeah but i'm not sure they they will compete with ai because yeah. it's only beginning only beginning i don't know yeah
0: I think I saw something of this nature in regard to the writer strike that's currently happening. I know it's another conversation about AI writing scripts in place of writers for television and movies. But I think something I saw that really resonated was about how humans have emotions. They have experiences. They yeah. have, you know, all the, uh, they're human beings and AI is not. Um, so they, AI can maybe provide, you know, a template or a starting point or, to you know, you kind of, said that same thing. Like it can provide kind of a baseline for certain copy, you know, for marketing copy, but certainly having a human, <laughs> edit it, finesse it, inject some emotion and store, you know, that's what's really going to make your copy stand out. So it's not, it can't fully replace humans, I don't think. Nice.
1: I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Debbie. Yes. I want to ask about something that it's better to avoid. For example, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. Some of mm-hmm. them terrible mistakes, but I learned from them. And uh, um, I think uh, we have two types of mistakes, the first type that you can avoid by learning from others, the second that you need to do, you know, we can't avoid all mistakes, and I think everyone starts from best practices, generic strategies, then we uh, adapt to learn and uh, create something better. Uh, Can you list mistakes that you see that companies, uh, small businesses still do, and your tips how to find another way?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, a couple of mistakes to avoid. One, one basic one would be neglecting your website. So I think making sure your website is up to date, current. I, everyone checks, you know, Google's everything before they do anything nowadays. So making sure your website is current, that it's functional, that it looks good, that it, it's people are able to easily find the basic information that they're looking for is is priority one. I think another thing that uh, would be a mistake would be not talking to your target audience, like we talked about before, making sure you're targeting the right folks. Uh, kind of along those lines, you also want to make sure that when you are talking to your audience, you don't want to fatigue them. You don't want to just kind of say the same thing over and over. That's something that can become pretty common on social media, a lot of redundancy. So making sure that you're diversifying your content, diversifying the, both your content in, the terms, in terms of what you're talking about and the way that you talk about it. Both of those angles, I think, is important. So you're not just you know doing the same types of content all the time, even if you have different things you're saying, if that makes sense um and then i think not tracking your results is is a real missed opportunity so uh one thing at the beginning as well that i remember if we if we got to was setting goals setting goals for your social media for your marketing campaigns whether that's to grow your numbers whether that's conversions it's different for a lot of different brands but identifying your your ultimate goals and then tracking what you're doing excuse me tracking what you're doing to achieve those goals obviously is really important so sometimes brands just kind of haphazardly do stuff because they think they should be doing it, they'll be, you know, they'll hear like, oh, I heard we should be on Instagram, let's go on Instagram. And they kind of just randomly throw stuff on Instagram, but they're not being strategic and they're not monitoring what they're doing and they're not tracking the results. So they don't know if they're wasting their time or not. So making sure to track your results and then, you know, analyzing that data and learning from it. So learning that, you know, this reel did really well last month, so let's do more reels like that next month, for example. It can be that basic, but just knowing what you're doing and what's working and what's not working can really help propel you forward.
1: Yeah, love it. Love it, Debbie. Awesome. And uh, I want to ask more about setting the right goals because I see when companies uh, chase uh, likes, comments, traffic, you know, but once I spoke with webmaster who lost 400,000 traffic because Google dropped his ranking positions but he didn't lose any sales. So he got a lot of traffic that didn't convert. Yeah, he couldn't monetize this traffic. And uh, I see it's a big issue, you know, when companies create, uh, I don't know, like uh, they chase metrics. Uh, and uh, once I, I watched an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he told that uh, his success depends on creating clear vision clear goals. He knows what he is doing and what kind of uh, results he want to achieve. And he doesn't care if someone believes on, or not on that. Uh, he achieved all results in sport, <laughs> politics, everywhere. Sorry for my dogs. You know, they usually take part of my podcast. <laughs> my dogs do <not laughs> <too>. And,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and, um, yeah. Uh, and uh, he told that uh, he knows mm-hmm. what he wants to achieve. Uh, mm-hmm. He created clear goals can you tell how to do it in marketing because if you set goals it doesn't mean that uh these goals will bring results create awareness and anything so any tips about that yeah so
0: i think this is a common uh abbreviation that people know but setting smart goals so smart stands for um specific measurable attainable relevant and time bound so those are the kind of the different types of goals you want to want to set so i think um obviously specific measurable or pretty straightforward attainable is important too I think like I, I talked to some brands or I'll talk to some like potential clients out the gate and they'll be like I want to go viral or they'll say something yeah. like like you have 100 followers like <laughs> for you to go viral is a long shot but we can set some smaller attainable goals in the meantime and then hopefully you'll go viral down the line. but stuff like that like you want to make sure the goals are attainable because if you if you set a goal that's not attainable it's going to just kind of bring everything down and slow everything down and you're going to miss the potential benefits along the way, the potential goals you could have hit along the way. So attainable is an important one. Uh, The are relevant is also an important one. So making sure the goals are relevant to your brand. Um, Again, different brands, different industries, different companies all can have very different goals. And so making sure your goals are relevant just because one brand's goals are X doesn't mean yours are also, you might have something totally different that makes sense for you. Um, and then time-bound, obviously, making sure that it's relevant to the time. So, for example, five years ago, going viral on TikTok wouldn't have even been a thing in anyone's mind. And now it is, obviously. Yeah. So timely trends. And as, as I'm sure you know, the algorithms are changing all the time on all the platforms. Yeah. So with that, um, you know, setting goals that are, are relevant to the time. Um and then, to, yeah, just figuring out what those goals are. So, they, again, those goals could be, you know, increasing brand awareness, just getting your, your name out there, your brand out there. It could be generating leads. It could be driving sales, you know, depending on what it is. I, I work with now a lot of law firms, and they're all in the personal injury space, for example. And, you know, personal injury attorney is not something you're looking for until you need it, until something horrible has happened. And so, for them, they use social... and. And all the other avenues to just increase brand awareness they want to be top of mind when you get in a car accident for example they want you to call them they're not trying to drive sales you know obviously to their website they're not selling anything um they don't really need to generate leads you know to the, in the same way a b2b company would need to generate leads they just want to increase brand awareness and that's they use social media as a tool for that So that's an example of a brand awareness um, type of industry. But again, if you're a B2B company, your goal is probably to generate leads, you know, generate sales. Um, If you're a hotel, you want to sell hotel rooms, obviously. Um, So it can be very different depending on what kind of business you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Love it. By the way, I caught uh, (laughs) who who made this noise. (laughs) Yeah, I have it. (laughs) Yeah, It's awesome. Yeah, Debbie, I have uh, two questions left um, and uh, one question that I can't avoid. Sorry for that, but I see a lot of books on your background. <laughs> Can you tell what kind of books you love to read? Because I love reading books. Uh, it's, you know, I, I remember when I had this bad habit to overwatch TV, uh, but I changed this bad habit. I replaced with reading books today. I enjoy it. Uh, it's much better. Interesting.
0: Oh, you just muted yourself, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, tell what kind of books do you like to read and how they can help you to create yeah. much better results in marketing?
0: Yeah, that's that's actually a great question. So I like a variety of books. So I do like some, you know, I like nonfiction and fiction. I like, in terms of fiction, I do like, like the kind of lit type stuff that's entertaining. I like mysteries and thrillers as well. In terms of nonfiction, I love business books and like psychology books as well. I think on the business side, some books that that stood out to me as you are asking the question. I think Start With Why by Simon Sinek is a great one. He also did a TED Talk mm-hmm. on that topic. Um, I love Sheryl Sandberg. She wrote a book called Lean In. It was about women in business that really resonated. Um, I think I have some others on like content marketing and, and stuff like that behind me as well. Um, but yeah, I think anything that can help you better your craft. The thing with digital marketing books is difficult is that a lot of them, are older, so they're now outdated. So I have some books on like social media marketing and content marketing, and I know that at this point they're outdated, so I don't know if um, I should mention them. I know CC Chapman has a great um, content marketing book, Uh, he and Anne Hadley. I think it's called Content, what's it called? Everybody, oh, Everybody Writes is Anne Handley. Ah. Um, And then CC Chapman and Anne Handley have another book about content, content rules, I think. Um, That was very good, I remember reading it back in the day. And then yeah, I loved your question about what reading how reading informs your marketing copywriting. So I think being able to get absorbed in a story is really immersive and powerful and, and even doing that with a silly fiction book, you know, even though it might not be tied into marketing or business, can really help you understand the process of telling a good story and how to captivate your audience and how to captivate your readers. And that ability translates well to the marketing world also. So I think reading a lot can definitely help. Uh, help refine your your storytelling abilities for sure
1: mm-hmm. nice nice awesome awesome and Debbie, my final question about the future mm-hmm. i want to ask you please please take your crystal ball and <laughs> forecast what kind of future will be because my crystal ball doesn't work i checked when <laughs> I, I bought some krypton and, yeah. uh, uh, my crystal ball told me This crypto will go up, but (laughs) it went down. But uh, anyway, I don't put all bags in one basket, so I'm I'm good with that. So can you tell what kind of future will be in marketing? Because many things are coming. We have AI. Uh, Apple is going to create augmented reality. Uh, Mm -hmm. By the way, I don't see a big difference because most people use iPhone and you know, all to watch to the screen it's the same that you have on your head uh, this yeah. headset and uh, yeah uh, can you tell what kind of future will be and how to adapt to this possible future
0: yeah, yeah. well I think I think you know AI and, and VR related uh, updates are obviously coming we talked about that a little bit earlier with generative AI assisting with more marketing materials and support and that kind of stuff I think kind of tying into that automation as well automating figuring out how to automate tasks and automate processes Uh, I think there'll be more of that. Um, AI and data driving personalization, like we talked about with Netflix and Amazon. I think we'll see more brands try to adopt that kind of model. Um, In kind of more broader sense, I think social media spending will increase. So obviously now a lot of businesses spend money on social media advertising. We didn't really touch upon that too much, but those budgets I think will increase and become more relevant. Um, And then also maybe a shift from customer acquisition to customer retention. So people spend a lot of time trying to acquire new customers, but it's cheaper to retain the ones that you have. So figuring out how to nurture those customers that you already have, um, creating those personalized marketing campaigns and different things that we can do with AI. I think that'll be more of a a focus moving forward as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Guys, Mm -hmm. I can tell my prediction, even my crystal ball doesn't work, but what (laughs) I usually see uh, now marketers in on tv and radio didn't lose their jobs they adapted to digital and uh, if you have experience in seo social media then you have experience to create high quality content to stand out from the rest to be creative to uh, share stories and everything what you need to do to adapt to new environment we'll see uh, i think we still have a lot of time in seo social media but whatever happens it's better for users and if you have experience to create content that can help them you will win debbie it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you i love all your valuable insights so valuable yeah. now you you lead me to an emergency room i need to spend time to think how to adapt all <laughs> your tips <laughs> tell tell the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you
0: sure yeah so our website is socialhospitality.com and that's pretty much on all the socials social hospitality uh, i'm also on social media as, as debbie miller uh, so feel free to reach out to me on linkedin there's a lot of debbie miller's on linkedin so make sure to find the, the social hospitality one but um thank you so much it was, it was great chatting with you
1: yeah nice guys if you wanna find the right debbie miller you need to open the link in the description to this podcast you can find website listen us on apple google spotify thanks again for the time love it so valuable welcome back anytime to share more value i love it it's valuable for me for my audience and uh yeah and i wanna tell that you provide a good job i follow you and i'm pretty sure that my audience will follow as well okay guys love you see you